and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 126. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. Today we're discussing Enterprise's second season episodes, Vanishing Point, Precious Cargo, and The Catwalk. Vanishing Point, Season 2, Episode 10, Production Number 210, Original Air Date, November 27, 2002, Directed by David Strayton, Written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, Music Composed by Jay Chataway, Guest Cast Include County Young as Hoshi's Father, Gary Riotto as Alien 1, Rick Sarabia as Alien 2, Morin Margolis as Crewman Baird, and Carly Thomas as Allison. <laughs> Hoshi and Trip are surveying some primitive alien ruins, taking pictures and discussing what might have happened to the people who used to inhabit the planet. Suddenly, Captain Archer contacts them and asks them to return immediately to the Enterprise. A storm is heading their way. As the duo prepares to board the shuttle pod, Archer contacts them again and tells them the storm situation is more urgent than he predicted, and he needs to bring Trip and Hoshi up via transporter, one at a time. Hoshi is apprehensive and insists that Trip go first. Once he is safely aboard, she then beams up. Look how much her subcellular membranes have degraded. These scans were taken less than 24 hours apart. It's virtually impossible. What's impossible? Ensign Sato wasn't imagining it. Her molecules are coming apart. Steve, kick us off on Vanishing Point. Yeah, all right. Um, This episode... Reminded me in some ways of that next gen episode where uh, LaForge and Roe disappear. It's a different idea, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities. And what they have in common, of course, is that when this happens to you, you can walk on the on the floor, but you can pass through walls. So at least they're consistent. Yeah, and uh, it's got to be the gravity plating, right? Because there's no gravity plating in the walls. There you That's go. Got, yeah, it's got something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it, I, I think it's. Um, I think what's interesting about it is the notion of um, it, it's it's kind of like dreaming. It's like a almost like an analogy about dreaming in a way because you know in, in a span of a few seconds you can imagine all sorts of things and your your uh, your deepest fears and anxieties are revealed and this kind of stuff. And of course, if you've already seen the episode, you know that's what's going on. But if you haven't, you don't know that it's all you know. You wake up, it's a dream kind of routine. But um, you know, um, it's okay. Um, but I, I think that it's we've seen this kind of thing before in a way bothered me a little bit, I guess. And um, yeah, I don't have a great deal more, I guess. Yeah, you know, I I'm not I don't I don't want to bash Enterprise in any way. Although I'm gonna the next episode we discussed today, oh my god, I'm gonna bash. But <laughs> um, well, I think every series has had a bad one. Well, um, a few. Yeah. So the next episode, Precious Cargo, that's that's an anomaly. That's a different kind of thing. But but Vanishing Point, um, probably along with Catwalk too. It, these are, I think, these are the kind of episodes that are indicative of the reasons that we started to feel at the time, like um, like like they. I never liked that phrase. I think I've heard Berman say, you know, like, they went to the well too many times, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Because that takes some responsibility away. The, the, way, they, the way they talk about it, it's like, um, well, people just started getting sick of Star Trek, basically, because we, the Star Trek had been on for so long. But to me, it was always more like, no, it's that the same people were running it and writing it and 
just rehashing The episodes felt the same after such a long period of time, you know? Um, And yeah, yeah, to an extent, they were trying to change some things up and stuff with Enterprise. But, you know, we get episodes like this. We we get to this point where we're like, this episode is okay. It reminds us of these other episodes. This episode, if if Next Gen DS9 and Voyager didn't exist, I think we would probably feel better about this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But so this is this is while not bad and out of context. A, you know, an all right episode. Um, I think, like I said, it's an, it's indicative of the the gosh, this I, I can't think of words that all the words I can think of sound harsher than I intend for, but but almost um, monotony or or repetitive nature mm-hmm. of of the storylines and and the world building. Um, and I love Star Trek, but I, you know, I was one of those guys that 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 watched every single episode, but wasn't wasn't crying when they took a break. Now, if I'd known the break was going to be this long, maybe I would have <laughs> put up. But, but um, I don't know. You, yeah, you guys, you know, I mean, you guys see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this episode disappointed me from the beginning because it became a transporter episode, and I kind of see they were trying to do something different. You know, this transporter malfunction we've we've seen that in many of the of the other series, and so they were kind of trying to be different. And I didn't think about what Steve said earlier that you know that show he was talking about from Next Gen, but you know, kind of combining two shows that they'd already done before. But I was kind of I kind of the way they set it up, they're in ruins. They're talking about this mystery where they all go. There's a cool storm, and then they just kind of went another. They kind of set up a possible kind of a cool story. Maybe they're both trapped down there. I don't. I don't know if that would have been a good episode, but that's kind of what I was prepared to see because I didn't quite remember this one. And then it just kind of went into this. Even her, you know, her her dream just didn't. I don't know. I just I just didn't buy it. You know, even in the three seconds, it's just because where did where did all those fears come from? The aliens putting bombs on the ship. Um, just none of it just really made a lot of sense to me. What, well, where all know, that came from and that motivation. Well, I have a, <laughs> the one plus thing I'll positive thing I'll say about this episode, especially in terms of talking about it. Like you know, maybe it's too similar to a lot of other Trek from from the the you know the the Berman days, right? Um, is that there were a couple of times when I felt like they briefly almost tried to use that to their advantage. Like, it, you know, they do a lot of setup that, um, you know, to mess with your expectations. Like, here's these aliens, oh, she's going to try and save the ship and stuff. Um, when that's, maybe that's just something that's kind of distracting you from what's really going on. Then mm-hmm. and, and most of the time it was, uh, Hoshi is transparent. And after she goes away completely, oh, look, the Phlox finds a medical scientific reason for this to have happened. And, you know, so it's always saying, okay, this is really happening. But there were just a couple of little bits where you're like, you know what? That has nothing to do with her being transparent. Um, Whenever she's on the bridge, kind of near the beginning, and um, uh, they say that uh, Tripp and Reed were taken captive. uh, This is after Hoshi overslept. And 
T'Pol says uh, uh, some of the relics were religious or something. And Hoshi says, how could you possibly have known that? That has nothing to do with her being transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still indicative of something else weird is going on. So I like that there were a couple of those kinds of moments uh, while constantly trying to set us up like this isn't this is the kind of track episode you're used to and then suddenly changing it up right at the last second to say oh this whole thing was a transporter well, so you the problem is that, that only happened that's only like two seconds most of the episode i just feel like i've seen it before so if you're going to do a trick like that um you need to make sure that you don't fall prey to the downsides of that, you know, if you're going to make me feel like I've seen it before, that needs to be really fast and brief. Otherwise, I'm going to have the, the all the baggage that comes with that sensation, which is I'm kind of bored. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm going to be much harder on this episode than either you two. Probably more harder than Precious Cargo probably didn't bother me as much as you, Brian. But, yeah, I just I didn't buy in it because I didn't, knew the whole thing was real. You, she was hearing voices and you could hear – I could, you know – so I knew the whole thing wasn't real, you know, flocks acting out of order, um, Archer, that weird communicate with her father that he had to tell her it was dead. That was just weird, awkwardly weird. It wasn't, I don't know. It just, the whole episode just kind of bothered me because it was just strange and disconjointed. And maybe that's why you kind of liked it a little bit more. I, I just didn't buy any of it and I don't see what the motivation, but you know, when we get to what this episode was about, I mean, I guess you can talk about fears, but where all these fears coming from that she's having these delusions and disappear. I don't know. And maybe it's just because they keep using Hoshi in the same fashion over and over again. You know, she's claustrophobic. She's afraid of going in space. It's just kind of like, come on, yeah, give us something you're more do to do. This, like hypochondriac, you think, you know, it um, might've been better to do it with Reed or something. Just I don't cause know. you're, well, no, I, that I would disagree with. Cause you know, just cause you're uh, paranoid doesn't mean they're not coming to get you. You know, if you're going to do a hypochondriac kind of episode, like, She's the one to do it to. If it had happened to Reed, he would have been he wouldn't have been checking himself in the mirror the next morning. You know what I mean? Um, so I, that at least makes some sense to me. I, and, and I don't think this is a particularly good episode. I think that we had you know that this this is at best average pedestrian catwalks is slightly above that. And I'm saying I don't even want to talk about precious cargo. But vanishing point, <laughs> even though we'll have to, I know, I really don't want to. Um, but vanishing point is, um, you know, at best, like I said, pedestrian. I don't, I don't think this is a, a, a good episode. So, okay. It, it, you know, like I said, it had a, it had a couple of moments that uh, I found, I found, um, you know, interesting. Um, but uh, and 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 I, I I like Sato. I do. I think that. You know, I I think she's an interesting actress. Uh, if maybe, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, but if maybe just a tiny bit one-dimensional. Yeah, they just uh, haven't done much with her. She isn't yeah. terribly deep, but what she does, I think she is interesting, and 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 she does that fa- that thing well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> probably my favorite visual of the entire series was Sato in those the the. Mirror universe mm-hmm, <laughs> stuff, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't just mean that for the sexy. I mean like cool. Um, but well, she toughens up more. I mean, I, I yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, we're still only a season and a half into it. I'm just being a little bit hard on him, but yeah, it's just kind of do, do something more with her character besides making her afraid of everything. Yeah. I mean, this certainly every seems single like time. Like this episode seems like it could have been early first season, if not for the fact that they, well, no, they used the transport in the very first episode. So they, this, this does feel like it could have been early first season, this episode. Yeah. Um, um, Nicely said, Vince. So I pointed out like a, a scene that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, kind of gave the rest of the episode a spin. I mean, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember? Well, you probably don't remember seeing it for the first time. But let me ask that the same question in a different way. Do you think this is just maybe one of those episodes that's only effective the first time you see it, and you don't really know what's going on? Or Adam, you're saying you felt like they gave away too much with like the audio cues and things. Yeah, the audio cues and just the abnormal behavior. Of okay, but the if crew. You, let's say let's say you don't realize that there's this transporter thing or whatever, or maybe or maybe the average person wouldn't realize that. You know, I, I'm 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 trying to remember, and I'm thinking maybe it was maybe it was more effective the first time I saw it. That doesn't really excuse a lot, but <laughs> that makes it a different kind of like the, as if they were going for something different. You know what I mean? I, I I don't know. I don't remember um, how early on I figured it out the first time I watched it or what was going on. I think I don't know. It's just kind of. Uh, it's not that for me. It's just kind of dull. It it, it just it's it just goes along and you don't feel like they're doing something. There's nothing. She takes she takes a shower in this episode, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, sure, but the the. Uh, <laughs> You know, on the whole, uh, it's. It, I just feel like they're just kind of going through motions, and nothing surprised me. It's like, oh, oh, they're doing this, they're doing this, and I think I felt like that the first time too. It wasn't like I was, you know, because you can have a you can have a mystery where you can't figure it out right away, and it's not all just about how quickly you can solve it. It's about do you do you have an interest in solving it? You know, sometimes it's just if if just the way it's executed in such a way that it's just kind of like I don't care. You, you, sometimes you just don't care to solve it, and then if you have a mystery kind of show and you just don't have the impetus to try to solve it, I think I think it's dull and you're, you have trouble yeah. selling that. Yeah, yeah. Is this episode about anything? Well, I mentioned earlier, you know, I, again, it's when something's not so great, you kind of stretch to find something. But I, do, I think there's a little bit of um, when you're in that odd state like a dreamlike state or in some kind of compressed time state or whatever else i think it comes to light your your fears and anxieties for her you had the the big one was that she doesn't matter i mean i i i've kind of felt that her biggest thing is that she's irrelevant she doesn't matter people can't see me it doesn't matter if i'm here you know obviously she has insecurities those insecurities easily replaced on the bridge yeah yeah these are just things and i and you know i don't think it they they kind of hit it on the nose and all that a bit and so on. But I think that may be kind of what they were going for here. I don't know. Mr. Caesar. Sure. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like I said, overcoming your fears and of the big, yeah, along those lines. Um, it's like all the Hoshi episodes are overcoming your fears. Yeah. It's overcoming your <laughs> <laughs> and she'll and she'll be the captain of what, what was it the defiant yeah all right well i don't think this is a 
terrible episode, but I think that uh, it's not good. And if I missed it, it probably wouldn't affect anything. Oh, gosh, we're getting even closer to Precious Cargo. It's like it's like a minute away, man. All right, maybe we should our take view- a break. Our viewers, <laughs> we took a break before we start our pregame. All right, yeah. <laughs> 45 okay. minutes of this BS, and so we didn't have to talk about this episode. Yeah. You know, folks, we, we're posting this episode probably 12 hours later than I usually post our episodes. And that was because we wanted to watch the Royals baseball game last night. Maybe we can just talk about that for a while. <laughs> no, all right. Let's do six degrees for vanishing point. Um, Steve, you started the discussion, so I will give you the baseball question. All right. Uh, Keone Young, Kwan Young, uh, plays Hoshi's dad. You can call him Mr. Sato. In DS9's first season in the episode if wishes were horses he played baseball eh, he played baseball great buck bokai bokai played for the kings what major city were the kings from uh yeah uh, london you're correct the london kings adam yes morgan margolis played crewman baird the guy that was way better at hoshi's job than she was in Voyager's fourth season, in the episode Living Witness, he visited a museum where a member of Voyager's crew had interesting tales to tell. Who was that? Um, the Doctor? You're correct, The Doctor, one-to-one. Now, Steve, I will say, I could tell you were very excited to tell me that he played for the London Kings. But you got to give the listeners at home a beat so they can they can uh, take their own think you know remember it's, it's important because <laughs> now what happens is you know the guy at home is like I knew that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right let's move on Precious Cargo season two episode eleven production number two eleven original air date December eleventh two thousand two directed by David Livingston story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga teleplay by David A Goodman music composed by Paul Belergen guest cast include Padma Lakshmi as Kaitama Leland Crook as Ferrick Plin and Scott Clace as Ferrick Goff. Two Rotillion cargo pilots need help repairing their life support system. The pair explains that they have been hired to return a young woman to her home world, but because of their limited resources and the length of the trip, they are transporting her in stasis, which has begun malfunctioning. The Rotillians refuse Archer's offer to help them transport their passenger more quickly, so they need Trip's help re- repairing their systems. You know, if you were thinking rationally, you'd be repairing that stasis pod. He did threaten to kill you. That's precisely why I'm getting out of here. I really doubt they're going to keep me around once I fix their problem. You know, I realize someone in your position isn't used to taking advice from a guy like me, but I strongly suggest you come along. (sighs) Okay, this is our duty. You know, it's a solemn duty, just like Picard officiating at a wedding. It's duty, all right. Oh my God! You know, I would rather, I would rather watch Lady in the Woods Enterprise episode mm. than this episode again. I would rather watch the series finale of Enterprise than this episode. Mm. Um, now, maybe there are some, especially like early Next Gen episodes, that are worse, technically speaking. I mean, I don't mean like technicalities, tech, the technicality of, of filmmaking, but I mean like. 
you could you could maybe argue that you know some of those first season episodes of, of Next Gen, some of the bad couple of bad ones, are are worse hours of television than Precious Cargo is. However, those episodes get such a pass for being, you know, basically, you know, uh, you know, written and shot in the spring of 1987 uh, or summer of 87 television, which is just a, it was just a different world. You know, those episodes get, kind of get a pass for that in the same way that some episodes of the original series not the ones that are so bad that they're funny like Spock's brain, but some of the ones that are just trudge. There's there's bad. You got to trudge through them. There are some, especially in that third season. They're laughable bad almost. Yeah. <laughs> However, Precious Cargo doesn't get any of these things. Precious Cargo. I think you could make the argument. This is the worst episode of Star Trek ever. I certainly think. It's the worst episode of Enterprise. Um, I think it's I think it's so bad that I I was dreading watching it, and it was worse than I remembered. I I felt like I I I, I threw up a little bit in my mouth. You're bleeding. Remove your uniform. You're my only hope of surviving. I don't intend to die. I think I actually threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> they were rolling around on the ground and kissing. I just actually said out loud. I I heard myself. It was like one of those out body outside of your body moments. You know, like probably if you're if you're hit by a car or something and about to die, you probably have that experience. I had it watching this because I was watching other people um, get hit by a car. I I said out loud. I heard myself say out loud, "Oh my god, this is so bad!" And then I realized I was like, "Who said that?" And it was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> you know? I was like so glad that I was watching this episode alone because I would be so embarrassed if like my wife had walked by in a couple of these scenes. I would have been really embarrassed, you know, to say nothing of, and, and, you know, and we're not even talking about the normal silliness or bad stuff. Like we we had joked about maybe just, just reading our, the, the notes, our, our notes from this episode. Here's one of my favorites of, that I wrote down. Alien kills the cantaloupe on Dagobah while Trip fights him in his pajamas. <laughs> That's one of the things I wrote down in this episode. Um, and, and on top of all that, if it, if it wasn't one of the, the worst scripts they've ever had, the, one of the most linear and obvious from start to finish scripts, on top of all that, Pod, Podme, Lakshmi, you know, I love her. We all love her. My wife got me into that Top Chef show. She's great. But she is not a good actress. She's pretty bad here. She's she's really terrible here. She is a really terrible actress. And granted, they gave her crap, but I don't know that Tripp's lines were all that much better, and he didn't feel like she did. This this could be she could be one of. I mean, yeah, I feel so bad. Like if in the like point zero 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 one percent chance she listens to this or something. <laughs> is it, I mean. It may be the worst guest actress or guest actor of any sort on a trek. I think. I mean, I have to really think about it. But I mean, this is so unconvincing. Like it's like it's like it's like a, you know, you imagine like a drama class or something, and you and kids getting up in front and now play this character. I don't know something like that. You know, it's just. You, you, I felt like in several scenes that 
her lines were ADR'd, not because they were technical difficulties, but we, because they were trying to fake a better performance out of mm, her. Right, right. You know, you know, like after the fact. I came into this kind of uh, naive. I hadn't really remembered. My, I, I this, sometimes I look into it a little bit before I watch an episode. Sometimes I don't. And this was I just kind of going along. Okay, next up, you know, and. I remember within about 10 seconds of this episode starting, my first note is, I remember this sucking. <laughs> Little did I know, you know. One thing that's kind of interesting, uh, you know, we're searching for something, is the that they're trying to have some kind of connection with other series. I mean, this whole Creos Prime thing. I mean, it's, um, yeah, she's this the is same. the next gen, you know. The, right. uh, the perfect mate, right? Yeah, perfect mate, yeah. Same See, story. and that's, um, that's what I was kind of hoping this episode was about um you know because i thought well this would be kind of because i don't i i either don't remember this episode at all or this is actually the first time i've ever seen it um but i was like that was my first thought was what you're talking about the perfect mate and i'm like oh this would be kind of cool they kind of reference if they would reference you know next gen and then you know they come across one of these you know perfect mates again but yeah that quickly went away obviously I think what would have saved us is you title it The Imperfect Mate, <laughs> and, and she gets like swallowed up by some kind of sea monster in the swamp halfway through. Um, so yeah, Brian, it didn't, this episode didn't bother me near as bad as it bothered you, just because within you know first several minutes, 10 minutes of the episode, I knew it was going to be bad. It was very cliche, it was very predictable, and I'm like, okay. Here we go. It's I already know that what's it's not an episode that I want to watch again. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's a good episode, but I don't know. I would go as far as to say it's the worst episode even in this series. Um I think it's I think it's I do I do think it's because that's I mean you look at the last episode and we'll and we'll get to that, you know, when we get to it. But I mean just this is a middle season episode and it's rank of importance, you know, you would think a series ending episode it it holds a lot more weight. This is a filler episode in the middle of a, a season. So, yes, it's bad, but where it's positioned isn't that big a deal. So I wouldn't I wouldn't even say no. It's not even wouldn't wouldn't even say no. No, it's not the worst episode, at least in my opinion. Maybe you'll feel differently when we get to the last episode. For me, this episode is so bad that. I think they should have eaten the whatever. What were they spending? Two and a half million dollars an episode. <laughs> yeah. They should have eaten it and never, never broadcast it. Wouldn't that be funny? You imagine like the long lost episode, and we all anticipate it's like we're gonna, we're gonna release something new. You've never seen it, and then it's this. Wow. Great. <laughs> oh, I remembered this episode really, really well. I mean, I before we started rewatching Enterprise for this podcast, I could probably only name for you three or four actual names of episodes. The others that I could name were because I liked them so much. Uh, and this one. <laughs> See, Brian, it's a fine line between love and hate. So it would seem. Mm-hmm. But, but no, that that's almost not even... Because, like, like, the series finale, I, I kind of hate that episode, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's out of context terribly awfully bad i think the reasons that i hate it don't have anything to do with its qualities per se you know what i mean that's a different kind of question precious cargo i think is is just bad everything about an hour of television that can be bad is is mm-hmm. pretty much bad Even and every series and every series has at least a few of these episodes 
Yeah. And they're they're middle yeah. they're usually in the middle of a season somewhere and Yeah, I mean this is this is like uh um, So that's what that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, you can't wait this episode. You can't put this episode in the same category as a series ending episode. You just can't do it. It's not it's level of importance isn't even it's, it's close it's, to that. It's difficult to objectively compare out, yeah. out of context. I mean, that's the thing because you have expectations, you know, about stuff like yeah. a yeah. series finale exactly. or whatever. But I, I do, I do just kind of think it's hard for me to find to think of another episode out of the seven hundred twenty some odd episodes of, of Star Trek. Um, it's hard for me to think of another episode that I think is 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 truly worse because I can think of episodes that I think are probably worst to watch but you don't want to move along home all the other things about the time in which they were made and etc they get just enough passes and excuses so that they get kind of elevated precious cargo kind of doesn't have anything i you know anyway the point is that it that i think we all agree it's a bad episode it's 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 pretty terrible yeah um you know it's funny too because it doesn't matter whether or not i think something is obviously bad or obviously good I usually get an email about it, but I'm going to be shocked. I I dare our listeners. I will not. I will not think. I will not think negatively of you. I swear. I will totally respect whether you if you, if you liked it. But I I will be shocked if I get a single email of somebody that says, "Now you're wrong on this one because Precious Cargo is good." I I I I I feel like if there was ever a measure an, an episode where you could somehow scientifically actually measure the suck, it would come up really <laughs> high on this episode. Did you get it? Were there any notes about the production of this or anything? Oh yeah, everybody involved with it thinks it's terrible. The guy that wrote it um, really thought he was going to be fired. Um, (laughs) Everybody thought it was so terrible. Um, He didn't say it at the time, but ten years later, Braga said he tried to. Actually, it was the only time ever he tried to get them to not air it. Um, Yeah, no, it, it was it was universally panned at the time, both by critics. Um, watching it as well as all the people involved that made it. Um, I remember at a convention years ago, somebody asked um, um, Connor about this episode, and all he could really say was, "Wasn't she beautiful?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of said it with a smirk, and that was about it. Well, she was uh, pretty. Yes, no, oh, she's, yeah, she's very, very beautiful. Was, yeah. And, you know, and she's acted on a couple of other things, and I think she was. this was probably early-ish acting for her, so maybe she's better in the other stuff. But I've personally only ever seen her, like, as a model or a, you know, TV show host, that sort of thing. And on, in those things, she's she's great, you know. She's um, certainly, um, you know, more rich and famous than most of the people on this show, certainly than any of us. Uh, but she sucks here. She's not any good. So... Um, so I just want to make sure, as I think I said last time, when we're talking about an episode we didn't care for, I just want to make sure we feel like we've actually analyzed why it's bad and not just sit here and, and made fun of it the whole time, which, you know, that's, that's, it, it, it deserves that a little bit. Uh, but I think we've, we've taken care of that and fulfilled that need. So do we also feel like we've critically analyzed why it was bad? We talked about... Uh, her performance. We talked about how um, obvious, predictable. The, right? Predictable the writing is. Not only that, how super linear it is. You know, let's do this, and then they do it, and let's do this, and then they do it, and um, 
if I was really trying, you know, maybe I it did make me smile a little bit the the scene um, when Tapa is is faking that she's this sub commander uh, tribunal oh, yeah. interrogator thing. You know that that made me smile a little bit when Archer bows when she comes in, and I mean that 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 scene's kind of. Uh, humorous a little bit where they they scared this alien in, into uh divulging the details that helped him find the escaped ship uh but even that i think you could talk about why it's probably it feels like it was written by people that don't quite understand the characters yeah. you know um but that that's probably the only not terrible thing i can say about this episode is that i smiled in that scene Oh, okay. I feel I'm starting to feel a little better, you know, because we're almost done with it. Um, so, dear Trek companion, precious cargo changed my life. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> I will never listen to you again. Hey, I, I, you, I love all our listeners. I would truly respect it if somebody said that. You know what? Tell me why. And in the past, um, you know, people have sent me long tomes on that one and that's cool uh you know tell me why but um i'd respect that do you guys have anything for what this episode is about look i said the word episode with disdain how often have i done that um well trip finally you know went all the way (laughs) doesn't he have like a lot of problems with the girls so far he lost his virginity in this episode (laughs) (laughs) that might have been a more interesting story (laughs) Uh, you know, we forgot to mention in Vanishing Point. I think that was the first time we ever heard anybody say "beam" like uh, like the verb. Ah, cool. Yeah, Sato says it. Yeah, I thought that when I saw it, and I looked it up, and sure enough, it was true. Uh, so that episode gave us something. Um, but precious cargo. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Not even. Not even faking something. I don't, well, I don't like I said, I'm, I'm still disappointed it was an homage to um, the perfect mate. Yeah. Disappointed about that. Well, okay. Let's let's um, let's move on. Let's do six degrees for precious cargo. Our score is one to one. Adam, you can go first this time. Sure. Scott Clayche plays Firek Goff, the alien that does a good job outrunning Enterprise while his cargo takes the nearest escape pod. In Voyager's fifth season in the episode Juggernaut, he played Dremk. Dremk was severely disfigured by theta radiation and thought dead on his export vessel. What was that vessel hauling? Was the vessel hauling? Yeah. It had the radiation and it made him think that it was unsafe and they wouldn't believe him when he said it was unsafe. And, uh, I, I have no idea what it was carrying. Steve. Oh, gosh. Some kind of toxic waste or something. Waste. That's the mm. answer I was looking for. Yep. Waste. Okay. Toxic waste. Steve. Mm-hmm. Leland Crook plays Firek Plin, the alien that decides not to go through with T'Pol's tribunal. He played a leader named Gelnon in two episodes of DS9's sixth season in the episodes One Little Ship and Honor Among Thieves. What species was Glel, uh, Gelnon? Glenon? Gelnon. Mm. 
Gosh. Um, kind of have to kind of remember the episodes, but one little ship especially, maybe it would help that one. Hmm. Was it uh, Ferengi? Nope. Adam? What's I the question I, again? I think I asked this because it, this is one of those alien species names that I just like the sound of it. I like hmm. the way the name sounds. Uh, he played um, a leader named Gelnon in two episodes of DS9's sixth season in the episodes One Little Ship and Honor Among Thieves. What species was he? He wasn't a good guy. Um, a Vorta? You're correct, Vorta. Hmm. All right, I gave him a hand, Steve. Sorry. Oh, that's cool. All right. Um, so what's our score? Two to two? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, we yeah. stole from each other that time. <laughs> Honor among thieves, Steve. <laughs> we did it. We got through precious cargo. Woohoo! I feel like I should get like a marathon medal or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. The Catwalk, Season 2, Episode 12, Production Number 212. Original air date, December 18th, 2002. Directed by Mike Viger, written by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast includes Scott Burkholder as Tagram, Zach Grenier as Rent, Aaron Lustig as Gurry, Elizabeth Magnus as crew member, Danny Goldring as Alien Captain, Brian Cousins as Alien Lieutenant, and Sean Smith as Alien Crew Member. <laughs> As Captain Archer prepares to lead a survey team to an uninhabited planet, Enterprise is suddenly hailed by a trio of aliens seeking refuge. The aliens warn Archer that a deadly neutronic wavefront is quickly approaching. After conferring with his officers, Archer surmises the cramped quarters of the catwalk, the maintenance shaft that runs the length of each nacelle, is the only place the crew of 83 can survive the eight-day ordeal of the storm's deadly radiation. The storm is saturated with radiolytic isotopes. If the crew is exposed, they'll be dead within three minutes. Sick bay is the most heavily shielded section it's possible. Some of the crew could survive there. We can't fit 83 people into sick bay. And I'm not about to draw lots. What about the catwalk? Adam, I think it's your turn to kick us off on catwalk. Catwalk, probably the best of the three today, I would think. We'll see if we should agree about that. <laughs> um... Catwalk. I was the first. My first thoughts in my notes were like, I mean, these, these guys can't catch a break. Every time they find a cool planet, it, you know, they either get mined. They didn't even have a good time on Ryza, so every time they can't catch a vacation. But um, overall, I like the premise of this episode. I like the fact that there's a storm coming and they have to kind of weather it. It's an interesting concept that you don't didn't see in any of the other series, really. Didn't, because uh, didn't Voyager do this? And Seven of Nine was the only one that could be awake or something. I seem to have remembered that. Well, it seemed like, like that, but I don't remember. They were all unconscious, though, right? Right, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, so, go ahead. Well, yeah, I just like the idea of weathering a storm. Um, <laughs> um, you know, that, that that they can't outrun, you know, the first thought is like, go to Warp 7, well, we only go to Warp 5. Where, yeah, I guess there could have been, there's probably other episodes that there were storms and stuff like that, but usually when there's some sort of anomaly or something, you know, Picard would just say warp nine and they outrun it or something. So I like the concept that they, they can't outrun this because of, you know, yeah. technologically they're not advanced enough. Whereas in the other series, most times they could technically figure out how to get away from something. Um, and, you know, and just, you know, having to stow away on the ship, it's kind of, kind of primitive, kind of like an old sailing vessel, you know, you have to hide away for the storm or something. So I, I like the concept. Um, it flows pretty good. It's not, um, 
there's not a whole lot of surprises or twists and turns. It's not. This isn't like a oh my a, a great episode. I would I would say it's an average episode. It probably feels a lot better after the episode we just watched. Um, so this probably helps. <laughs> that probably helps this yeah, episode yeah. <laughs> a little bit more. You're like kind of like oh, okay, this is this kind of makes sense. And there's good writing, and you know the effects are cool. The storm's coming. You know they got a hideaway in the catwalk. We don't really you know you don't too often get to see that part of the ship in any of the series so um overall i thought it was a, an entertaining episode steve what are some of your first thoughts here yeah um it's definitely the best of the three today um i think it's got you know it's got it's kind of it's a bit formulaic but not really in a bad way i mean it's it it works as kind of a edge of your seat um you know action type thing and you know they're they are Hiding out in this small, relatively small area, you know, so everyone's having to uh, deal with that, and then, you know, threats from the outside and mm-hmm. a little bit of intrigue. I mean, it's got you know, there's nothing revolutionary here, I don't think, but it's, um, but it makes you know, it decent and fun, you know. I always like seeing a new area of the ship, especially yeah. one that's so practical. Like, well, of course, that's what being inside those those tubes and would look like, you know. But we've never seen that, and that's that. That's always fun. It always breathes reality and life into the ship in a way that's kind of interesting. And seeing all the, you know, the crew like that, a lot of extras and stuff. That's, you know, it's it's, it's nice that that little reminder that this is what's always going on in the ship. We just usually only see a few guys on the bridge, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, I like that, and and I think you both were kind of getting at the structure is is sound. I, I agree with that too. I remember thinking there was a moment where I was thinking. All right, I'm kind of sick of seeing the catwalks, and sure enough, a few seconds later, oh, uh, Trip has to leave. He's got to put mm-hmm. on a suit and leave the catwalks. You know, so that was that was um, that, you know good structurally. It's 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 sound, and then you know, yeah, I, mean, I think I would have liked a little bit better payoff with who these the mystery aliens. Uh, the good ones that were on the catwalks with them, who they really were and stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. that, that, that was all fine. That was all fine. But I did find myself wondering what uh, that catwalk smelled like after eight days, <laughs> especially after the temperature got turned up for a while. You know, I was kind of wondering about that. Were you feeling um, from the pulse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she had to take a lot of those drugs. Uh, of course, the most amazing thing about this episode, the thing that makes this episode uh can't miss like if you know if you were only watching like one episode of enterprise it would probably have to be this one because you see chef yeah you yeah you see chef this is the only time you see him i mean not his head but you see like his body and his legs and although that's so a separate a chef outfit yeah i've always kind of not tried like like when there's certain things you know, like, I don't trust a clean, like, a mechanic for my car. You know, if he's not greasy, I'm not sure I trust him. Uh, a chef that isn't fat? Hmm, I don't know. They <laughs> <laughs> don't make very good food, otherwise they would, you know, eat more. So that I didn't, I don't know. It makes me wonder if his food's really all that great. But that aside, we see chef, which is amazing. Um, so that's memorable. Um, I like that they're, you know, they take, they take the time, you know, they've got this set up, why not? And they take the time. There's just a couple little character things, you know, probably my favorite scene would, that little scene between, uh, Archer and T'Pol where, where he 
tells her she needs to fraternize, you know, take a minute to walk around. You know, I, I like that sequence when they seem to be, you know, kind of a, <laughs> only slightly annoying each other with their archer watching water polo on his palm pilot or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, so this, uh, this, this episode has enough going for it. And, you know, it really does have a, a good setting. It's the, the setting of the catwalk is something I always remembered. I always remembered that there was an episode where they all had to take refuge up there, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember what it looked like. Yeah. So there's, there's enough stuff here. I think it would have been cool. Like they could have cut like some kind of a horror trailer for this episode mm-hmm. from the aliens point of view. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they're in the ship, the bad aliens, they're in the ship. They're all looking around and they're on the bridge. And then there's a, there's a message coming in. The call is coming from inside the ship. <laughs> That's all I can think of. <laughs> I, would, I could have quite, What was up with Archer? Was he like pretending to be sick when he was? I didn't quite get that. When you know yeah, he's he like breathing hard, or I wasn't. Why he was doing that, I don't know. Because the only thing he had to do there was was convince them. Well, maybe this helps. Then he was, he needed to convince them that he was desperate. The, that he was he was going to blow up the ship. So maybe if it made himself look like he was about to die anyway, that would be more believable that he was going to blow up the ship, I guess, okay. maybe. Okay. I don't know. So maybe that's not it. But that's the only reason he even communicated with them so that, you know, he said, I'm going to blow up the ship. And then when they turned toward the eddy, they would know that they had to, the, the aliens would know. Suicidal. That. He's going to yeah. do it. So. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. I still find, I'm still... I think it's going to take me a couple of days to get over precious cargo. I'm still kind of <laughs> um, sorry about that. Um, so were they? So were they supposed to be Packlids or some relation to Packlids? You know, because they make the line with uh, "We're far from home" and they look like Packlids. You know what I'm saying? From Next Gen, they look like them, but they certainly didn't sound or talk like them. No, they don't. It's just an interesting. Re- it's almost like a reference, like a tongue-in-cheek thing, you know, because they kind of have some of the makeup stuff going on in the hair. They have the far from home line right off the bat, and yeah. it made me think they were like I don't know, it's like a wink, wink thing or something. I don't know. It's- Nobody said make us go. No. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. <sighs> hmm. What's this episode about? Bonding and relationships. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, like um, coming together in extreme circumstances kind of thing. I, I don't know. It's not, it, to me, this is one of these that's, it's m- more fun for the action yeah. components and it, and what keeps it from, getting into the very good zone is a real message kind of, yeah, you know, I kind of agree. Yeah. 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 When I was thinking, there's not, it's not a whole, I mean, you know, we could, you know, like I said, the bonding, you know, um, to Paul opening up, I mean, but those are just kind of, it's not, not, nothing really moves any of the main characters in this episode. And, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those survive. It's kind of like a survival episode, but they're all, you know, usually you have a survival episode. It's usually one or two of the characters. This, in this case, they're all together. All right. Well, sounds like uh, we all thought this episode was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We know. We learned that Trip can build a toilet in four hours. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So that's he did good. a lot in four hours, actually. Yeah, he did. He did. 
right. Well, uh, let's do six degrees for the catwalk. I believe our score is two to two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Gosh. Uh, I don't know. Adam, do you want to go first or second? Um. I guess I'll go first. Scott Burkholder plays Relis Tagrim, one of the good aliens that seeks refuge on Enterprise. In DS9's seventh season, he played Commander Hilliard at Starfleet Medical. Dr. Bashir contacts Hilliard looking for help with a sick patient, but Hilliard refuses. Who was sick? Um, Odo? You are correct. It was Odo. Uh, Steve, you got to tie it up for the day. Mm-hmm. Aaron Lustig plays Guri, unlike I'm guessing the the Dodgers just did. Um, Aaron Lustig plays Guri, the other good alien. That's pretty much it for the whole quadrant, you know, good alien-wise. Uh, in Voyager's first season, he played an alien doctor in the episode Ex Post Facto. In this episode, which member of Voyager's crew has memories that show he committed a murder even though he denies the crime? Oh, Yeah. Gosh, I remember it vaguely. Oh, that was that a joke or? <laughs> yeah, clever, clever. Uh, was it Paris? You're correct. It was Paris. Three to three for the day. Yay! Uh, all right. So that that isn't what happened in that game, though, right? It's correct. Three to two. Yeah, yeah the, right. the the Dodgers and Mets were not three three. <laughs> Certainly went in that way. <laughs> Doesn't work that yes. way. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right. Um, Folks, um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's more fun to hear us talk about episodes. I, I, looking back over the years, I felt like if we love episodes or we hate episodes, those are probably the more interesting discussions. Um, it's the more run-of-the-mill episodes that are probably less interesting discussions. So maybe today is not. I hope it. I hope it was entertaining to listen to, if nothing else, even if it wasn't. Um, um, uh, educational. So thank you for spending an hour with us, and uh, thanks for your indulgence that we're post- posting a few hours late. Not 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 as, as crappy as last time, but uh, a few hours late so we could watch the baseball game. And um, you can send us an email. That's trekcompanion at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash trekcompanion, or our Twitter is twitter.com slash trekcompanion. Um, I guess that's it. Happy early birthday to Steve. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Happy, happy birthday. So until next time, take it easy. Bye. See ya. I passed it.